0: Alchemist, welcome back to the Film Alchemist podcast, the show where we dig deep into the movies we love to find out what makes them magic. I'm your host Josh Griffey, joined as always by my friend and co-host
1: Alex Dandine.
0: <laughs> I wish they could have seen the full the full commitment. <laughs> I don't know if my question mark acting was coming through, but that, that was strong. Uh, today, guys, the most excited moment of the Aliens Invade the Pod Month. Uh, we're doing the thing. 1982, Ugh. the thing. John Carpenter. Rotten Tomatoes has this as, as an 83%. That's ha! a little low. I balk at you. What else could you want from a movie? IMDb 8.1? Ha! What else could you want? From a movie. Get at it. Um, This movie, to me, is the perfect alien invasion film. Oh, yeah. It, it plays with the concepts that Invasion of the Body Snatchers made so interesting and exciting. Um, but to such a degree that the impact of this movie is far beyond most other alien invasions to me. Because it plays with the... It hits so many levels of fear in one film, which I think is great.
1: I agree. I think that, like movies like this, about really what it is is about the paranoia of the other people in the room with you. That's what those movie is so great. And whereas the Body Snatchers, where Invasion of the Body Snatchers is more about like, do you really know your neighbor? This is really about like, can you really trust the person that can you really trust someone that you're in a room with? Like, that's, like, it 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 recontextualizes and shrinks the living space so much that it's claustrophobically terrifying.
0: Well, there's also a cool thing this one adds on to Body Snatchers, which is we actually see a lot of the transformation. Yes. So there's this this mockery of kind of the holy forms as we know them. Right. Right? We like to see ourselves as these divine creations. We're not just space dust, like, molded together, right? Like, there's an importance to the form. And this, the creature effects and the disgusting um, pulling apart of that concept. I mean, it adds an extra level of of sickening (laughs) uh, underbelly to me. It's so cool. But that's what I mean. It's kind of a fun thriller. It's got some good action. It's got creature work. It's actually a scary concept. Great fucking cast. Oh, yeah. I mean, guys, I hope you enjoyed this one, because if not... This ain't the show for you, uh, yeah. that's all we're gonna do is wax, so we start the movie off with a wobbly spacecraft, right, yep, so immediately we're in uh, and then we cut to uh Sarah Palin's favorite scene in the movie <laughs> a low flying helicopter trying to blow away a wolf <laughs> well done yeah um Hot take. it's a it's a funny scene it the movie gets in fast, man cuz immediately you're wondering you're like one why are they trying to kill this dog two how does the dog keep getting way ahead of them and then they have to speed up to get it yeah <laughs> I, I don't I don't understand the <laughs> flight dynamics like just slow it back a hair take your time kill the thing uh and then we go to we see we see another snow base right right so in this base we meet uh all of our characters right we got the hard drinking uh Kurt Russell character who, oh. This is another level of fear, right? A fear and a mistrust of technology. Getting drunk, trying to beat a computer at chess, immediately thinks he has her, loses, and then goes, cheating, bitch, and pours his whiskey <laughs> into the computer and kills it. <laughs> so Kurt Russell can't even trust other humans, aliens, uh, or machine. He yeah. only trusts himself. <laughs> another cool thing about Kurt Russell in this movie is he looks like... If Han Solo and Chewbacca had done a fusion dance from Dragon Ball Z on Hoth, he is both <laughs> characters in one. It's incredible.
1: I was gonna say he looks like he looks like uh, like if they were gonna remake Jeremiah Johnson, that would be that would be the <laughs> one I cast.
0: <laughs> yeah, but so yeah, so immediately we meet all these characters, right? Right. The helicopter ends up crash landing. Hmm. And it's trying to throw grenades at the dog. I left that little chestnut. It's trying to grenade the dog. Still can't get it. Crash lands. The dog runs to these men for help, right? Right. Uh, And in what becomes such a fucking bizarre and creepy moment, the more you watch it, Mm -hmm. the dog jumps up with its paws on the man, "Ah, ah, ah," begging, showing affection, right?
1: right? So not
0: only does this dog understand or this creature understand what the dog is, it understands how the dog relates to us, right? Yeah, because re- this gets back to the terror of the monster. Wolford Brimley brings this up later in the movie, right? Right. Is that this is the kind of creature? And I mean, we can talk about the alien right now. It's it's a fascinating creature in that he says, "Who knows how many countless worlds this thing has has gone through?" And as it eats and absorbs it, it fully becomes its prey. Right. Right. So there's there's so many things stuck inside of this formless. Creature that the alien itself essentially is pure life,
1: right? It's literally bursting with life. Like that is really kind of in an, in an essence, what the, I think what the alien is supposed to be is like, it's to me, like the proliferation of it's such a weird thing to say about a character like this in a movie, but like, it's sort of like the proliferation of this like intergalactic manifest destiny. Like it's the, Consciousness to know that to survive, you have to acquiesce to your environment to the point where, you know, knowing how to, you know, get a prey to submit to you by like pretending to be a cute dog. Like that is like next level chicanery, terrifying, manipul- <laughs> terrifying, terrifying mani- manipulation.
0: It's- it's kind of beautiful, though, right? Right, yeah. Like, and it's the, one of the things the movie does well is that all these guys in this base seem like very rugged individualists, right? They're the kind of men that run from society that don't conform well. Right. right? They're all kind of prickly and, you know, feisty with each other. Um, but, yeah, there, there's something kind of beautiful just about this creature that everywhere it goes somewhat just assimilates and absorbs.
1: Right, right. Um,
0: It's kind of terrifying in a way. To think, like, oh, we'll be subsumed, right? We're not we're gone as we are. And the creature takes our weaknesses and uses it as an armor. It's it's strange, but it's it's kind of a beautiful way that um then kind of highlights some of the worst parts about us as the people. Right. This is some of the fear that we get into later is we start to see how fast the the pureness of human life dissolves right like our pure life is I'll fucking murder all of you to survive i don't care <laughs> if i'm the only one so there's there's a way where you're like wow maybe the alien's way is better it's yeah, it's, it's a strange of- it's a strange sublevel cuz but i think that's the point of putting all these kind of shut off isolationist individuals in the base right and then making them afraid of becoming the same thing
1: yeah I think that oh God, it's so weird. You totally hit it. It kind of like hit it on this weird thing. Like in a way, the things sort of manipulation of everyone is sort of this humane. Yeah, you're right. It's humane. It's far more humane than like anybody else gets in the movie, especially like, this is the kind of thing about Kurt Russell's character that I think is so cool in the movie is he's really kind of not the good guy. A lot of the time, <laughs> like, like, the scene where they tie him up on the bench and everything like that, like, when they're testing, when they're doing the blood sample thing, like, uh, is it MacReady who points out to him? Like, yeah, see, you're a fucking murderer. Like, that's the kind of stuff I'm like.
0: No, he's MacReady.
1: That's, yeah, sorry. No, no. What's, what's, uh. Giles. What is that, that actor's name? Yeah. Um.
0: God damn it. See, you always catch me.
1: I'm bad with actor names. Damn it. But yeah. He's awesome. But- but yeah, so Giles is like <laughs> Giles is like, yeah, now you're a fucking murderer, and I'm like, dude, this is what it is. Like, we're reduced to sort of our baser level instincts, and our baser level instincts are so primordial, like, of protect myself. Like, the thing is so much more about like is protecting itself, but sort of in a way making it easier for everyone. <laughs> I I don't know how to describe yeah. it. Like, it's such well, a strange it's, thing.
0: It's an unusual. Because this is something the movie does beautifully right on, right? So they find the dog. Like, why are these crazy Norwegians trying to kill us, right? One of the members gets shot. It's kind of startling. So they decide they'll go find the Norwegian base. The base is completely in ruins. Right. There's even – oh, man. This is one of the coolest shots in the movie when they find the guy dead oh, in the chair. Yeah. And he tried to slit his wrist, but his blood became like blood sickles. Oh, oh my God. That is fucking great. But when they're there, they find this burn pit where they've tried to burn yeah. what looks like... Because I think the doctor even said... What's his line? I wrote it down. Um, Is that a man, question mark? Yeah. As if, and, and in his mind, you can already tell what's happening. Because he's like, well, there's not much else up there. <laughs> you <Right>. know? <laughs> but it doesn't feel right. There's this perversion of form. This, this yeah. gnarliness. And well, they end up bringing back uh, this hideous fucking model. And this is one of my favorite shots in the movie is this. Uh, and it also plays nice, right? There's this lovely shot of them, like, flying through the Arctic to get to the Norwegian base and get back. Yeah. And then immediately they just fucking jam us into these tiny claustrophobic rooms. Yeah. So you get this tiny fucking room. And there's just this – I mean, it's just so sickening. It looks like an H.G. Geiger kind of, like, mutated version of a man, right? In between a man and a beast and whatever. Right. Um and you just see these men these these hard, hardened fucking men staring at this uh in awe they don 't know what to make of it, but they know this is horrible right and it's but what what carpenter does so great in this scene is just the quietness of it mm-hmm. there's not a lot of like pontification of this is what must have happened, this is no. It no, no. Is. it's just the literal embracing of. Oh my god cuz in one moment they're we're not necessarily alone what were they fucking doing up there there's a lot of big questions right and and they're just staring at this this uh this monument to the destruction of the divine concept which is it's it's huge huge idea that this movie envelops and in that little scene it, it not only plays with the claustrophobia the room's small all the shots are tight a bunch of men jammed in one room they're right up close with this fucking thing it just it from the jump this movie sets you up for so many levels of fear
1: yeah i th- i think that's the thing about it that's so like oh god like i just I, the stillness of this movie is the crazy thing like the way this whole movie opens is so quiet and so still that as soon as things start happening like even from like The dog kennel thing. Like, as soon as weird shit starts going on, you're like, holy fuck, what the fuck is going on? Like, why? And as soon as that kicks off, you're like, Oh dear God. Like, we're never going to know when something's going to happen. Like that's Well, it's
0: the cool thing is that it plays on this kind of It's it's an ambience. Of fear, right? At the start. We see some dead guys. We see that a Norwegian's gone crazy. Like, wow, this is kinda out there. Right. They're very isolated. Um, it feels very uncomfortable. And then we get to the fucking kennel scene and all hell breaks loose. Right. Uh immediately just dropping like uh I think what's the new catchphrase? Big dick energy. That's what this uh <laughs> special effects department has. <laughs> oh, it's it's a big thing. They've already written uh <laughs> apparently our president is loaded with big dick energy. <laughs> if i'm understanding it right it's it's a silly thing why do these things exist why do i read these things i don't know uh but yeah just dropping the hard like just immediately with the effects that are so great yeah the dog's face ripping apart to show you another creature the tentacles coming out it fucking slimes a dog that then runs away yeah um it's just such you're just sitting there and again they bring the men running Right. Because they hear the commotion. And there's kind of this, get the flamethrower. And they all approach. And now we're seeing the same shot almost, right? All the men in taking this disgusting thing. But instead of being statuesque, it's living. It's violent. Yeah. It's dangerous. There's a fence between them and us, right? This is the... (laughs) <laughs> oh, now we can see clearly that this isn't us, right? It's not a yeah. human that's kind of mid-transformation, it's a dog. I think that's and the, the thing. the fence adds the last layer of safety <laughs> we will ever have for the rest of the movie. Right.
1: I mean, I think that's the thing that I like the most about the creature work in this movie is that it's not um it's not this big, it's not like going to see them or something like that where you like it's just this big o- overwhelming creature. What it is is this very small quick moving thing that like blink and you'll miss it like that's the real fear like that's where the real creature fear comes from it's not any of like look the great there are great special effects in this movie but the real fear the primordial thing about it comes from the fact that it's so fast moving and so quick you'll have you know what if it uh what if it doesn't work you know what if well, you what also if also a
0: weird we don't exactly know how it infects Right. Which adds to the paranoia, right? Because we see it grab um, Bennox, the ginger guy. Yeah. And it looks like it's almost like diddling him. Right. <laughs> and at some point they're worried maybe the dog just touched him. Um, you know, but this is the thing that we learn later is that every cell of this thing is its own life form. Right. Working in concert. So while it's nothing, it's everything. Every cell of it is something that desperately wants to live and fights to live. Um and to just replicate and mimic right in in a way that every cell of this base does not right we're constantly fighting each other right um out of fear so anything we could have figured out is constantly being undone and unravelled.
1: By the way, did we we know there's one
0: cell out of the system? The whole body is collapsing.
1: There's one thing I don't know if it's because I never paid attention to it. I do not know what they're doing at the base in the Arctic. No, I have no idea. Some kind of research.
0: They have a very <laughs> odd amount like they have some <laughs> some doctors, helicopter guy, they have uh what looks like a sheriff who carries a six-shooter. Yeah. That's another thing. Why does everyone have so many guns? Everyone's got a lot of
1: there's a lot of guns, there's a lot of dynamite, and there's way more flamethrowers than I ever thought there'd be in the this Arctic.
0: This all goes to the individualist, man. They all need to be protected at all times. Uh yeah, one thing I was wondering, this is the other thing I I do wonder There's some some unusual, they talk about how the the creature needs us, right? Because a dog can't run far enough in the winter. Right. And if it just freezes again, it knows no one's going to come find a dog in the snow and unthought, right? Whereas they might with a man. Right. But there is this weird, like, does it have to eat all the time? What does it have to do to survive? Uh, Why did it not make a run for it earlier? So there's a lot of these kind of weird, unanswered questions with the thing. Yeah. But I think in a way I don't look at them as like missed opportunities or plot holes. I think that adds no. to the paranoia.
1: Well, I think that's what's great. Like that's that unknowable that the audience needs to participate in. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in there's a lot of things in movies that I think now particularly gets over explained. Like we always feel like we need like there's a lot of movies that right. feel like they need to explain things and kind of spoon-feed it to you. And this is something John Carpenter never did. And this was something I always particularly loved about the thing is that there's so much unknown because the, we know about as much as the guys in the movie. No, there's no, well, sec- no. there's right, no secret. We secrets. get this
0: big, like, what's happening? Why are all these Norwegians dead? Why is right. that dog turning into a, a it, fucking vagina? Why are there <laughs> tentacles? Why does it have a human eyeball?
1: Exactly. Ah. There's so much. And then so we, have, much. we have like
0: a minor autopsy scene, right? Where it's like, well, it looks like it can replicate... Old Diabetes gets up there, right? Oh,
1: God. Wilfred it Brimley like turns in a starring yeah. role.
0: And then we learn that the Norwegians had found a spaceship. So we do go to the spaceship and we learn it's been in the ice for around 100,000 years. Right. And when it was unthawed, they brought forth the thing, right? right. That's all we get. Well, it replicates and it's old and it was frozen. That's it. <laughs> Wilford Brimley, though, maybe in the most... <laughs> This is why I wouldn't trust him immediately. Fucking dings his pencil and eraser on the corpse and immediately brings it back to his lip. <laughs> and it's like, that's a bad doctor move. I wouldn't trust him either. I would have locked him out in that shed a lot. Earlier.
1: Yeah. What a creep.
0: Yeah. I don't know if his blood sugar was going low and he was just trying to protect himself. or what? <laughs> But gross. I saw that and I was really repulsed.
1: Diabetes.
0: <laughs> diabetes. Diabetes. Yeah, diabetes is uh, a big problem. I yeah. do love Wolford Brimley, though, when he's running the simulation. This is something I love in movies. Uh, Dope Trope Alert, which is where they invent technology to visually tell us stuff that just never exists. Right. So it looks like he's watching someone play an Atari game of a cell eating other cells. And it's like, perfect replication. Uh, 270,000 hours till the whole Earth is gone. And you're like, what fucking program is that? And
1: why do you have it You know what? There? This is like a thing, though, that John Carpenter did, like after john carpenter makes halloween he makes a couple of like the thing all the escapes like these movies all have these like weird computer simulations that don't really exist in real life like he was the first <laughs> i think escape from new york might be the first movie i saw gps used in. like that was like right that was one of the but I, but it was still like one of those things i'm like there's no way this is like an actual computer simulation why well, just love
0: it because it's like one if that program exists there's no way wolford brimley the old eraser liquor, knows how to operate it <laughs> especially and like every guy in the show is like dying to get drunk the whole time you're like guys there's some serious shit going on maybe stop drinking right uh yeah that's what it is 75 percent guarantee that's what it's telling us right is that one it replicates and it absolves but Seventy five percent chance that one of them's already infected. Right. Twenty seven thousand hours until the entire world would be infected if it hit a populated area. Right. So it's kind of just a funny way to give us this information, which I loved. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's this. It's it's just it's a strange thing where we don't exactly know who we think it is. Right. You never quite get ahead of the movie. Right. And it's really it's a very fun way they do it. You never quite get away. Right. Like there's a scene where. Uh, Knolls, right? The, uh, the worst character in the movie that makes me totally want the aliens to win is the chef Knolls because he <laughs> goes around the base in a roller skates. He's constantly playing his movie loud. Right. Uh, he's the constant funny joke guy. Yep. Um, I'm like, yeah, I hope the alien eats you first, but like, <laughs> there's a great scene, right? When he leaves Kurt Russell, he's like, oh, I found a jacket. I got scared. I left him out. There it was definitely McGreedy. And you think, oh shit. Well, obviously it has to be one of those two. Well, no, it doesn't. Right. Right. When we find out it doesn't. That's the movie does a really great job of kind of hiding and playing close to the best who it could be.
1: Yeah. I think that's the thing that's the best about the movie. Again, uh, the audience is never smarter than the people in the movie. And I think that's something that John Carpenter was really smart to do, because everyone you know, and anyone who says like when they're watching this they're like, oh, well, I knew it was. No, you didn't. You never knew. Like this is like you a really You never br- quite know. It's a great part about the movie is you're never going to be a step ahead. Like you're never going to sit there. Like it's one of those things where it doesn't draw attention to itself for you to sit there and like try to figure it out for yourself. You have to sit there and just experience the fear with the rest of the cat with the rest of the. Yeah, cast. you're
0: left completely clueless. Like here's a great example, right? When they they spill all the blood. Yeah, the guys, like I'm the only one with the key. And they're like, it had to be him. You think maybe that's a clue? Turns out not to be right. It's no. constantly. Whoever you think it might be, they don't really feed you in. So the first one we really see is, um, again, Benix, right? The ginger guy who got shot at the start. Right. He's at, he's left in the room with one of the the corpses. Right. He uh, ends up getting just like completely tentacled, and it looks like they're really getting up in old Benix, right? Like a Thanksgiving <laughs> turkey. They're kind of plucking out what they want and getting up in there. Well, next thing you know, we cut to just, like, this is one of my all-time favorite shots in a movie. He wanders outside. They all catch him. They know he's there. Right. And he's still mid-transformation. He looks at them with these fucking dead eyes, right, and a claw. It just oh, makes this. Oh, God, yeah. Like this this moan, this plea for life. Fuck. But he doesn't know yet. He's not transformed enough. Right. Um, And they just, they fucking flamethrow him right there on the spot and are just forced to sit there and watch
1: oh god you're right this thing that that. looks
0: like him it's the only thing left that would you could even maybe call him right um and just confronted with the oh god it can be us not just the dogs yeah it's such a perfect just visual totem right of oh my god like it's completely off the rails now (laughs) there will be no more trust there will be no more uh decency right this is That is the uh pushing the sled down the the slippery slope of madness. Oh yeah,
1: and this And it, it is
0: just one of those visual moments in a movie that just Again, there's no dialogue, it's just a fucking moan, but you know exactly what it's meant to convey. It's very powerful.
1: Again, like it's one of those things in this movie where just like the hold on shots is so important. Like it's the thing that really makes this movie so awesome is the like everything that's quiet in this movie is so much more terrifying than anything else on screen. Like the true silence in a room during a lot of these scenes is the stuff that I'm like, Holy shit. Like again, like I can't get over, like we, we're going to get to it. But th- that blood sample scene is probably one of the most impeccably edited things.
0: Oh my God. It's so fucking good. Oh my God. No, But but this is one of the things they do a lot to your point, right? There's a lot of them trying to go about their business Right. And like when guys walk past each other, right. One's in a room. One's not the kind of like stare. Right. And the hold and the stillness of the room is if we expect to see something pop out, but it doesn't cause it's, it's camouflaged. It's already inside, whoever it may be. Right. But these long still shots or these stack shots where it's, you know, a guy and another guys in the, the background kind of giving you that. Oh fuck. I got to keep my eye on these people. Right. Right. Back to the wall. Eyes forward. It's, those kind of just small visuals are so tampering our hope down uh, in a way that you just, it's its hard to get that across sometimes.
1: There's another thing they do in this movie a lot that I love is like, there's all, there, every single turn, there's like a no way out scenario. You and I have talked about this with a lot of, with writing, when it comes to writing is like, don't give your characters a way out. Like, as soon as you think you see a way out, give them the reason. Like the reason I bring it up, like the blood sample thing, like they think they're going to be able to figure this out. So they have a bunch of like blood samples in the shed that are un- uncontaminated. And then they go and the fucking blood samples are destroyed. And I'm like, right. great. So now literally everyone cannot trust anyone. Like it's now just fucking truly like that's like the last finger on the sled before you push it all the way down. The yeah. Hill. I mean, it's we so see good.
0: that the transports get destroyed. Yeah. Uh, the power goes out. So then any last hope we had of maybe it, we'll figure it out. When the power goes out and the lights go out, now you're fucked. Yeah. Not now only, it could not truly be fu- anyone else but you.
1: Not only you fucked with an alien, you'll probably also freeze to death. So, like, at this point, it's Oh, well, just- no, I'm
0: talking about the lights go out first, and then later the generator's destroyed.
1: Right, exactly. Like, yeah, they're both the
0: same. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> The generator's just like— well, we're fucking dead. Let's kill
1: this <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Like, there's no way out for any of these characters at this point.
0: Yeah, actually, one of my favorite – this this might be now, upon this viewing, my favorite shot in the movie is when they go back out to Wolford Brimley, right? We're going to test his blood, too, I think. I don't remember why they go back out to the shed now. But they open the door, and Wolford Brimley's gone from, like, crazy man they locked in the shed to very calm, Right? I feel better. I want to come back in now. But in the foreground of the shot is a fucking noose. Whoa. Yeah. So what you see is Wolford Brimley knows he's contaminated, right? Or at least maybe suspects. His last act of humanity is, I'm going to fucking kill myself so that I can't fully change. And he's overtaken before he has the chance to do it. I didn't. And he's not all the way in culturally enough to not imagine that as he's talking to Kurt Russell through that little slot, right, trying to be mega calm, that Kurt Russell's not going to take in the absurdity and darkness of the noose in the shot. (laughs) But when I saw that, I was like, holy fuck. Wolford Brimley tried – we already saw Diabetes Rage, right, where he's like smashing up the control room. Right, yeah. Trying to fucking kill everyone. Like, you can't get out of here. Fuck all
1: of you. Right,
0: that's the fire he took right and was with one last human decision he's like i'll at least take myself out in case it's me he didn't get there in time it's a fucking amazing little detail that adds so much fucking to I savor never in that scene
1: thought about that fuck that is dark i know right isn't that fucking crazy? oh my god but yeah and then you get and then you get that oh god and then This might probably, it's probably my favorite, it's definitely my favorite creature effect in the movie. It might be everybody's, but that, uh, the chest cavity opening up. Like, he has that heart attack thing.
0: Oh, the tummy mouth? Yeah, dude.
1: (laughs) Where they're like, (laughs) defibrillators! Ah! And the guy, like, bites his arm up. But no, like, the thing I love and the thing that, like, is, this, this is, like, the thing that when I was a kid scared the shit out of me. But now I'm like, this is a really, and this is more to what I'm talking about, where, like, it's not this big hulking creature; it's this small thing that could be anywhere inside you at any time, and you wouldn't even know it, but like so the chest the che- the tummy mouth eats the guy's arms, and then you see the tentacles like like it's spaghetti like slap like slithering about, and that to me I'm like, holy shit that see, they is add they
0: add is. the tentacles to the creature a lot, and it just plays is this awesome. Visual reinforcement of the every cell of this thing's body is desperate to live. Right? Yeah. The tentacles just come flying out, and they're just haplessly flailing, oh. looking for any fucking thing to latch onto. It's right. it's fucking scary, man. But that one has like the giant head shooting up, and oh, then yeah. the head falling off and becoming a fucking crab.
1: Oh yeah, I the mean, head crab. That is so one of those great. like
0: the 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 streamlined movement of what happens to that corpse via this attack. And just watching this life form like water just kind of flow to, well, now i got to be this, now i got to be this, now i got to be this, right. is fucking stunning. And just that, you got to be fucking kidding me, as they see their friend's head walk as a crab. <laughs> it's just this, it's this unusual, just bringing back a form. God only knows where it ate something that could do that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because right? that's the
0: thing, it has no form past a cellular level. But when it eats something, it kind of s- consumes them and learns that. So, oh, my God. It's just – it's it seems – I'm sure there are people now who would think, like, you know, younger audiences who might be a little more spoiled would be like, that fucking looks cheesy and fake. To me, that fucking terrified me. And oh, what this movie does, right? Yeah, when it shows you that first, like, um hideous fucking mockery of form, right? The the sculpture that they bring back. Yeah. When it shows you in the rubberized kind of looking human face split in two as it's screaming, what that's showing you is this is an alien species. It maybe that's exactly how it looks. It's a little more rubbery and this and that. It's because the fear is so good and the moment is played so well, it becomes a defense against aging creature effects. Yeah. Which I think these are still fucking staggering and phenomenal. But it's it's an also it's a really cool built in thing of. Well, how the fuck do you know how it would move? Right. You don't know how it would move and it's always in between uh transitions, so it's not a perfectly fluid biomechanical species yet. Right. Um man, I, the, the creature work in this is just I mean, I don't think there's anything better. Like you could be as good. There's nothing better.
1: No. <laughs> because this it, it functions on this very very deep psychological level of you don't know it could it moves that fast like you don't know when something could come after you like it's the same way I felt the first time you see like a face hugger like a face hugger like that yes. shit happens so quickly and you're like holy shit that could happen in an instant you think you're fast not only a to face hugger
0: it. the face hugger plays the same thing where it's cramming itself exactly. inside of you. That's the fucking scary thing right and especially I think maybe this is something that men fear. Extra acutely, (laughs) right? Is we're being impregnated by something (laughs) like there's an extra level of tear that probably women are like, yes, I completely understand how fucked up that would be. I'm sure. uh
1: (laughs) I'm sure this movie is not scary for any woman out there, but definitely for men.
0: Well, the women would have just fucking sat down and level headedly figured it out and not had to murder themselves with dynamite and (laughs) flamethrowers. As a problem, you get a bunch of fucking testosterone up men, a little bit of low blood sugar dynamite flamethrowers and pistols. How is this going to end? Well,
1: well, to be fair, the prequel sort of did the same thing with a woman. A couple of them, actually.
0: I don't believe it. They would have figured it <laughs> out. They would have round tabled that shit. You're saying Mary out. Elizabeth
1: <laughs> Weinstead had it, had it on lock.
0: Maybe, maybe so. <laughs> uh, what? Okay. So now we get to the blood test scene. We talked oh. about this. This is, this is awesome. Cause they've already thought Magritte uh, Kurt Russell's character right, is. They the one, he, right? They already
1: thought he was. So he busts he back in refracted.
0: and immediately with the flamethrower is like, I'll fucking blow this whole place up with dynamite. <laughs> so he's now taken control all the way. Right. The blood scene is awesome in that it doesn't absolve Kurt Russell because as he's kind of helping do the blood, he could switch around the the trays. We don't necessarily know, but this is a great, uh, example of how you just ratchet up the tension in a scene this is a master class in the the roller coaster effect of a scene right it's impeccable Start and it's just up to this fucking insane climax right yeah like we just we start the scene with kurt russell threatening to blow everyone up with dynamite that's the baseline (laughs) and then as he, he unveils his master plan he turns around and shoots a guy in the fucking face yeah uh, who's trying to stab him with a knife who ends up being completely human. Right. So, again, Kurt Russell is murdering as well as the species now. God bless um, It Russell. has unveiled his inner monster as well. Right. Uh, so, so then we cut to we're going to start slicing fingers and doing blood tests. We've got two dead bodies on a pool table in the corner. Uh, and everyone's tied up on a couch, right? Until your blood is tested, you're tied up. Right. Uh, so they test the blood. Right. They put some heat on it because every cell wants to live. So I think they do two or three, and then on the third one, this is just one of those moments that like will forever live in my head. When he touches that thing to the, the Petri dish, and the blood fucking jumps out, he's like, ah! yeah. oh my god, the first time I saw that, it scared the shit out of me. Because it's so unexpected. Then the blood starts to run. The guy on the couch, <laughs> yeah, he looks like Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 3, you know what I mean, getting ready to lift Andre. <laughs> and the other guys on the couch are both going nuts, they're like, Get me the fuck out this couch. Get me the fuck out this couch. Yeah. And it I mean, at that moment, right, it's kind of this slow, like, we'll get to the bottom of this scientifically. Don't mind the dead bodies and the murders and the dynamite and the flamethrower, right? But the it's way, kind of playing as this very functional detective moment, and then all fucking hell just breaks loose. Right. So then the guy escapes, his head turns into an even bigger mouth. Right. He grabs uh the little bad attitude radio guy starts munching him, lifting him around. Like he's a fucking rag doll. Kurt Russell can't get the flamethrower going. I mean, it's just, yeah. Flamethrower technology works except for when it's madness. most needed in this movie. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's pure fucking madness on screen. And and it's hard to even fathom what these guys are feeling at that fucking moment. Oh, it's, and it's just, but that's the cool thing, right? So the blood test, while not absolving anyone, which is a very fucking clever, uh use right you don't want to use it to totally clear people you want there to be maybe a flaw but also the fact that it it does right on some level it did work for one of them it keeps the fear alive you know there's more of them you don't know if it's all a setup right when kurt russell's fire uh gun isn't working there's a small part of you that for a second's like oh maybe he's doing it wrong on purpose
1: yeah, I love that this movie I mean, every single every single time there's a big set piece, every single time there's a big moment, there's something in the back of your head going, I don't know. Like like the mistrust you have for the entire cast is what's so awesome about this movie. I love it. I love every yeah, well, single I mean.
0: Even when we get to the end, right? When we're in the generator room, this is probably one of my favorite effects is where Wolford Brimley, who we find out has been building a spaceship. He's been an alien. Obviously, we learned that with the new scene. Right. Yeah. He runs up and kind of seamlessly and so quietly grabs that dude by the face and we cut to his face and his fucking fingers are just under his face skin. Oh, and it's oh, it's such a fucking disgusting oh. and beautiful effect in the way Bremley's just silent. Yeah, silent as fuck, unmoving, unemotional, just kind of glancing over his shoulder to make sure that he's going to get away with this one. Right. Ugh. Um, It's fucking cool, man, because, yeah, we've literally just gone from this Kurt Russell walking around like generators out. We're all going to die. Let's kill everyone. Uh, just throwing <laughs> dynamite around and blowing up the whole base. Right. And then we cut to just this very still and quiet. Again, those are the moments that that sing in this movie. Yeah. Just that quiet fucking terror. You see that thing in that guy's face, and it's just a nightmare image. It's a pure nightmare
1: image. Right. I think that it's just this movie is so built on. Oh, movie is just so built on like holding that shot and letting you like sit and stew in the fear of that moment changing. Like this movie just changes on a dime. So like sitting in that fear is so powerful, especially the way this movie is shot and the way this movie is constructed oh, Right. And
0: every time Kurt Russell puts on the world's worst hat, you know, shit is going down. A <laughs> lot of visual <laughs> storytelling in this one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we have to talk about the end, right? So Kurt Russell does the action man baseball throw kills the giant mutated form. Right. 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 Presumably several of these things bonded together. Now, um, kills that. Here's something. We never see, um, nulls, the chef. We never see him actually dead or burned. Right. Right. Greg, uh, the guy who Brimley had his fingers in his face. I think his name, character name was Greg. We see that. And maybe he's part of the giant mutated form, Mm -hmm. but we don't see that. We see Brimley obviously in a dog, I think. Right. Yeah. Um, so we don't see the end of him. We don't see him burn per se. uh, And then at the end, Magritte and Giles in the shed, right? They're both just kind of sitting there. How'd you get out? Where'd you go? What happened? They both are sitting there as if, I mean, how could they possibly trust each other? Yeah. But Magritte was on a mission, right? To kill these things. Right. Why does he not immediately try to take out Giles as well?
1: I think it's, I think it's too, because if
0: either of them are the thing, and they just die from the cold. Right. Then the creature has still achieved its exact mission, which is it just wants to freeze. So we already know there's a dog that got away that I don't think we can account for and two other guys we didn't see burn, but these are the two we're left to sit with. So it could already be out there. I I don't I don't know exactly what to make of this ending. What do you got?
1: I mean to me it's it's it works twofold. Like on a logical level, it's it's what you're saying like these both these guys, whether they're aliens or not, are gonna freeze to death. So, really, but the aliens won't die, and then when the rescue right.
0: crew comes, that's its plan to get to the mainland, right? Sure,
1: there's that. Ooh, but-
0: wait. Also, additional piece of information: Kurt Russell fucking shares a drink with
1: the guy. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, so this is infection. This is a. I, I don't think either of them are the thing. By the way, this is something you don't, that
0: you you don't think either of them are infected. I really don't,
1: and I, I think. The reason I think that is because I don't think John Carpenter is trying to point out that the thing will survive like that to me is not ever been like whenever I watch John Carpenter movies as like corny as I think escape from escape from New York is that's not the point of the movie like to me when I watch the end of the thing I think this is the most philosophical I've ever seen John Carpenter get, but like when you're watching these two guys share a drink, knowing they're going to freeze to death, these guys are basically just saying like, we, but not only
0: that, they could be just thinking period. All of humans are going to die.
1: <laughs> sure. That could be it too. But then in that case, I think what it is is like the futility, the futility of all of these men, not trusting each other and getting them to this point where like Kurt Russell had to fucking chuck a thing of dynamite at an alien to get this whole thing right. of like the futility of all the destruction and everything that's happened at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Like they're the first ones to die anyway. So what do they give a shit about? You know, like, yeah. Th- them I mean, sharing, this, this... Them, and then sharing a drink to me is just a symbolic thing of like, I trust that I don't trust you. That's kind of what I, that's kind of how I feel.
0: Yeah. See, I, I kind of go a little different way with it. Not much. Right. Cause like I said, there's a couple unaccounted crew members, a dog maybe that we can't account for. So you can assume the thing will live. Here's like a deeper scary level, right? Anyone who didn't fully die or have blood splashed on McCready from that ex- explosion, any drop of blood in this thing goes. Right. Right? So if they just find his dead body, even if he's killed all of them, there could be a drop of blood on him and the thing makes it back to land. Right? So in a way, this gets back to the the earlier premise we were talking about with this alien. That the thing is pure life. Right. Desperate to find its way to live, right? It ha- it's a nothingness in a way too, because it doesn't have its own form or culture. All it is is bonding to others to consume them and proliferate and spread. Right. There's no what to me the sharing a drink shows this this devil may care attitude and it it's actually one of the only scenes where you see humans in the movie behaving in kind of a <laughs> right. congenial like, way, like a decent human nature, I mean, right? Which I'll is, tell
1: you, it's like the only bit of camaraderie I really have seen in the exactly movie. Exactly, right? So in a way, it's it's this exact fuck
0: you to that other creature, right? That at a certain point, the desire to just live um, is not as important as the desire to have humanity, which is such a fucking... Interesting. Almost uplifting you know, if not optimistic ending for this fucking super dark movie (laughs) where in reality, all of the world may be consumed really soon after this movie ends. Right. Um, it's, it's kind of a beautiful
1: moment. Yeah. Oh no, it's definitely Uh, pure humanity. It's definitely this great, like mosaic of humanity, which is just these two guys sharing a drink, knowing the futility of their situation and saying, I can't spend the last hours of my life not trusting the person sitting next to me.
0: Right. Right. It's precious at that point. Right. right exactly. And then they find out what's precious about human life versus, cause now they've been confronted with pure life. Like right. that's survival. That thing wants to live more than any of us. Right. Right. It's, it's, it's a really cool extra moment. I, I can't say enough about it. Um, uh, I did have a funny thought for people who have been following our show. Is that the alien actually made it to the sea, and that Orca is actually a sequel to this movie? (laughs) (laughs) So that the the killer whale orgy scene we start on is actually the alien like taking over more Orca,
1: and when it kills, and the little
0: the little rubber Orca that falls out on the deck is actually an unformed like mutating thing.
1: So in that case, what you're saying, that's is, why he's
0: super smart. And that's why he's drawing Richard Harris out to the sea. I was going to say, so in that, that case,
1: what you're saying is, is that Richard Harris is actually the hero of the thing.
0: Yes, that's exactly what I got to. I'm just glad the, the thing exists to make Orca better. <laughs> it needed no, no help. Um, to, to wrap up. I just the there are rarely movies that can give you actual terror yeah right like you can say this movie's not fully scary this and that like it's something I hear a lot because I'm a huge horror movie guy obviously there's this big debate on what constitutes scary right and just scaring me with a loud sound and an involuntary jump that's not scary no this movie contains actually horrifying concepts right and if the scariest thing always is the the fucking depths and depravity that we as other and other humans can go to um, so yeah, this, this movie presents real fucking fear. It presents some of the just creature work that we just don't get enough of nowadays. That is just to be Marvel Right. um, the visual storytelling in this, the small details that ex- just exponentially impact every scene as it goes on. Um, to me, this is a, just about as good of a movie as you can possibly make.
1: I mean, it's rare that you've, I mean, this is a movie that's been re like, this is a remake of an, a thing this is, from
0: another world. I think is the original.
1: This is a remake of a movie that was based on a knob of a novella. And then there was another remake in 2011. That was technically the prequel to this one. Like, right. this is, and a it movie, plays a lot
0: like body snatchers, this and that, like this is a, a heavily played concept, right.
1: but this heavily played concept is so fresh in this movie because yes, it's it. it, it, it the audience is never in on it ever. Mm-hmm. like that's what's so gripping about this movie is like you said like it's true terror like you do not know
0: yeah it's kind of crazy that carpenter never feels the urge like he needs to give us a clue to solve the mystery
1: i love there it. is a
0: true hopelessness and lost cause feeling that you don't get
1: in many movies i love the mastery of knowing that oh this isn't a fucking who done it. this is they already did it Now you just got to find out, like, if you're going to survive. Like, that's what's so great.
0: Yeah, it's not a whodunit. It's the fuck you going to do about it.
1: (laughs) 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 Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, man. I I fucking adore this movie. And uh, I adore the fact that we got to talk about it with you guys, man. Um, If you have a friend who's such a fool he hasn't seen or she hasn't seen the thing, fucking fix that, guys. Immediately. (laughs) Grab your buddies. (laughs) <laughs> make them fucking enjoy this movie. Well, you don't even have to make them enjoy it. Just sit them the fuck down. They'll enjoy it. Um, and then share the show with them, guys. We love uh to grow the audience by sharing films with you guys. That's the best thing we can do. Um, you guys sharing, take a moment, rate and review the pod. Make sure you're subscribed so you're getting all the new fun stuff as it comes out. Um, you can follow our uh Film Alchemist podcast list on the Letterboxd app. Um, under Film Alchemist Podcast list, I think is what it's called. I'm JL Griffey on there, I think. Uh, You can find all the movies that we either have covered or are about to, so you can stay ahead of the curve and abreast on all the stuff coming out, so you'll have already seen it. Yay! Yay! And as always, you still have time to submit your suggestion for the Alien Invasion movie we missed and you want us to cover this month. If
1: there is one Um, you are desperate about, let us know.
0: Yeah, for sure, guys. We want to cover all the films you want us to cover. We have a couple extra fun ones coming up this month Uh, from Alien Invasion. We'll go ahead and let you in. We are moving to The Pod Takes Revenge. We're doing revenge movies. Yeah. Um, Some really good ones in there, but not some of the most popular that would jump right to your mind. So that'll be a fun one for you guys to um add to the list as well. Uh, that's it, guys. Man, I feel like this show has crawled inside of me, <laughs> ripped my guts out and replaced it with pure love.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I had a great time doing the.
0: It's so good. I just wish they could see it instead of just kind of hearing that disgusting sex sound your mouth makes when you do it.
1: <laughs> it's all about presentation. And if you that's saw it, it and enjoyed us. it, that's all that matters to me.
0: Yeah. What's the best line in the movie we should end on? The you best cheating, line in the movie? Cheating,
1: bitch. <laughs> I mean, I've done my best line in the movie twice now, so I don't really know. <laughs> yeah. Fuck
0: you, guys. That's it. <laughs> Strong professional podcasting. <laughs>
1: I truly love this movie, watch it.